When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to another Sunday edition of the BTSC podcast. This particular broadcast is We Run in North. I'm your host, Kevin Tate, from the Know It All podcast, guest contributor to the BTSC podcast. And today, <clears throat> we're going to be brief. I know you guys got a lot of stuff to do. It's Father's Day. Say happy Father's Day to all, <clears throat> to all of you out there. Um, happy Juneteenth. It's Juneteenth also. So happy Father's Day and happy Juneteenth. So today... I'm by myself, just me. Everybody else was too busy with Father's Day and all the things that they're doing. So no no guest appearances, no guest hosts or anything like that. You're stuck with me for a few minutes. And today, <clears throat> excuse me, today what I want to talk about, like I said, we're going to be brief. We're going to talk about dads. It's Father's Day. We're talking about dads. First, let's, let's, let, let's just, let me just say happy Juneteenth. To everybody out there, also, um, <clears throat> Juneteenth is a day celebrated uh, for the complete freedom of slavery in the United States. Uh, June, this was June nineteenth, eighteen sixty-five. Uh, the Union Army finally gave up Texas. Word, Abraham Lincoln had declared the Emancipation Proclamation January first, eighteen sixty-three. That officially freed the slaves. <clears throat> Word hadn't hadn't matriculated over to the Lone Star state of, state of Texas until June 19th, 1865, almost two and a half years later. That's when all the slaves over in Texas stuff were free. So that's hence the celebration. Uh, President Joe Biden made a national holiday last year. So this will be the second year that Juneteenth is a national holiday. It'll be celebrated officially tomorrow, even though today is Juneteenth. So, you know, if, if some of you off work tomorrow, go ahead and enjoy the day. There are a lot of festivals and things going on all around the nation today in different places. I live in the D.C. area. There's a big festival going on today. I was actually invited to a Juneteenth party today, but uh, I didn't go because it was at 4 o'clock, and we do this usually around 5 o'clock. So, you know, kind of my excuse. I didn't want to be out on a Sunday going way across town either, so, you know. This was kind of my built-in excuse. Got to do my podcast today. So anyway, yeah, but, but happy Father's Day again too to everybody. And today we're going to talk about <clears throat> the Steelers 
players, not the players, but their fathers, they played in the NFL. I think the Steelers have three fathers, three players whose father played in the NFL and one player whose grandfather played in the NFL. Um, so before we jump into that, let's just check out the live chat and say what's up to everybody. Hey, John, what's up, man? Good to see you. Happy Father's Day. Glad you could take time out to join us just a minute for just a few minutes. Oh, man, the homie Britsburg Owen. What's up, bro? Oh, man. Hey, I'm going to uh, – I would love to to do a show with you, man. Um, We'll talk. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out – maybe maybe put your email in the live chat, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll email you later after the show. I would I would love to have your you know input and opinion on different stuff. So, yeah, man, definitely. Thanks for volunteering. The homie GT George Testing, what's up, man? Here every week. Good to see you. Happy Father's Day to you, sir. Hope you enjoying your day wherever you are. And you know, did I miss anybody? Um, I think that's about everybody. The rest of the live chat. You guys are just speaking to each other. That's Brisburg Owen too, Pittsburgh Steelers syndicate. Okay, so yeah, like I said, great to great to have you guys with me here today. We're all Steelers fans, so you know we kind of just get the information everywhere we can. So first, the first uh, person I'm going to talk about is a gentleman by the name of Johnny Latner. Do you guys know who Johnny Latner was? He was the 1953 Heisman Trophy winner for the University of Notre Dame. He played halfback. Uh, he played briefly in the NFL. Played one year, actually, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. In his one Pittsburgh Steelers, in his one year, in 1954, his rookie year, he made the Pro Bowl. So he wins the Heisman goes to the pros and then goes to the pro bowl in his first in his rookie year. Um I believe he went away to the service. I probably should have done some better research, but yeah. Johnny Ladner is Robert Spillane's grandfather. Robert Spillane, middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh yeah, so there's there's some pedigree right there, right? His, his grandfather was a Heisman Trophy winner at Notre Dame. I mean, that's like, that's epic right there, right? A Heisman Trophy winner from Notre Dame gets drafted and goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Notre Dame to the Pittsburgh Steelers is not what it was then. Notre Dame was, but at the time of Johnny Ladner, Notre Dame, I mean, Pittsburgh wasn't like, Chase Claypool went from, and Stefan Tuitt went from Notre Dame. Uh, Miles Boykin too is a is an ex Fighting Irish, but they they go from Notre Dame to the Pittsburgh Steelers. In in this, in this day and age, and it means something because of the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That history hadn't been built yet at that time in 1954. Pittsburgh was a fledgling franchise at that point still. They really didn't turn it around to the late 60s, early 70s maybe. 
Um, when Chuck Noll got around, got around, became coach, he kind of turned it around. But yeah, so Johnny Leitner is Robert Belain's grandfather. So now, what other players do we have? Let's who we want to talk about next. Uh, let's talk about Terrell. Terrell Edmonds and his brother Trey Edmonds, uh, the brothers, a pair of the brothers that play for the Steelers. They actually, um, their father, Terrell Edmonds, actually played for the. He played in college at the University of Maryland and played in the pros for the, for the Miami Dolphins. He had a um, checking my notes here. I'm sorry. He had a. He was drafted in the third round in 1988, and he played from 1988 to 92 for the Dolphins and one year for the Seattle Seahawks. In his short career, he was a two-time Pro Bowler, and in 1989, Pharrell was an all-pro, all-pro tight end. So, you know, and he has three sons in the NFL, not just the two that play for the Steelers, Trey and Terrell, but there's also Tremaine, who was in Buffalo, and Tremaine and Terrell – were the first brother tandem to be drafted, both be drafted in the first round of the same draft. So how's that? But yeah, so how's that for pedigree? We're talking about Pharrell Edmonds and has all his boys in the NFL. Um, and he was an all-pro, you know, catching passes from Dan Marino, no less, back in the day. So there's that. Even though he was never a Steeler, played for Pittsburgh, he he got he received passes from the from the man from Pittsburgh, from Pitt. Dan Marino. So, you know, that's just an interesting tidbit. Like I said, all his boys are NFL. He's actually a coach, high school coach in Virginia right now. <clears throat> so just, a, a, again, another interesting tidbit about, you know, the, the Edmonds brothers and the players for the Steelers and, and their dad. Um, The next father we'll talk about is Devin Bush's dad, Devin Bush Sr. Devin Bush Sr. was a really good player. He played he played safety. His build wasn't much different than what Devin's is now. Um, safeties were were that size back then. Linebackers are a little are a little smaller nowadays, just because of the you know the game has changed. A lot more passing. You don't need those those big thumpers to to stop the run as much, you know. So, Devin Bush Senior was was a safety. Uh, he played college ball at Florida State. Florida State won a national championship um, in 1993. I believe that was the Charlie Ward team. Bobby Bowden was the coach at Florida State. He was a uh, he was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, and he was drafted. Let me tell you, make sure I'm telling you the year correct. He was – Devin Bush was drafted. His current position right now is director of football recruiting at, at Ole Miss University. Um, he was drafted from Florida State in the first round, first round pick, number 26 by the Atlanta Falcons, and he actually won a Super Bowl with the uh, 
St. Louis Rams at the time they were in St. Louis, the greatest show on turf. Um, that Rams team, he was he was a starting safety on that team in college. He was second team all ACC. He had a really good career. Did Devin Bush Senior? Hopefully, Devin Bush Junior. And I have faith in him. I think he'll he'll he's coming back from injury this year. I think he'll he'll turn it around and be what he was trending towards his rookie year. And he was, he had a really good second year up until the injury and he got put out last year. You know, we're going, we're going to give him a pass on that. That's, that's over now. So I got a feeling he's coming back healthy this year. They're going to pair him with miles. Jack. I'm looking for big things from Devin Bush and the rest of that Steelers defense this year. But yeah, his dad was a great player at Florida state, uh, Atlanta Falcons, St. Louis Rams. And also played his last year. He played with the Cleveland Browns. We won't hold that against Devin's dad, though. You know, he's trying to get that NFL paycheck one more time. So he played his last year with the Cleveland Browns. But And last but not least, the last father we're going to talk about is uh, the, 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 the Ironhead Hayward, Craig Hayward, Cam Hayward and Connor Hayward's dad. Played the University of Pittsburgh. He was a he was a beast of a running back. He just was, you know, the that ground and pound kind of running back. He was, I'm trying to think back in, in his day, who was he like? I mean, Earl Campbell, maybe. I mean, he was a beast. He was drafted by the New Orleans Saints in 1988 in the first round. Uh pick number 24 to the Saints. Like I said, he played at the University of Pitt, Pitt Panthers. He was really, really good. He finished fifth in Heisman in the Heisman voting his last year of college. Almost rushed for almost 1,800 yards. I mean, nobody could really stop Ironhead. He was just a monster. Kind of, kind of was like Jerome Bettis before Jerome Bettis. I mean, I guess Jerome Bettis was probably drafting like 96 and Hayward in 88. So you know, a little older than than Bussy. But yeah, that that same style, that same big body, physical downhill back, just you know, just let's just get get this get this yardage. That's the kind of back Craig Ironhead Hayward was. And like I said, he he had a he had a nice a nice uh, lengthy career because because after he played uh, for the New Orleans Saints, he then went to. Originally from New Jersey, played at Pitt. He then went after the Saints. He then went to the Chicago Bears for a year, then had three seasons with the Atlanta Falcons, then played for the St. Louis Rams in 1997 and the Colts in 98. I wonder if Ironhead and, and Jerome Bettis were both at the Rams at the same time. Sounds like they were. I'll have to look into that. That would be just a, a interesting kind of, you know, connection, six degrees of separation. But, yeah. <clears throat> A great player, 30 career touchdowns, not about 4,400 yards in his career. So he never was in the pros, but he was in college, but he was definitely consistent. He was a pro bowler in 1995. I believe that was for – that was not for the Rams. That was for the Bears. So, yeah, really good player. So, you know, just want this Father's Day, just want to shout out some of the Steeler dads, uh, I believe Craig Hayward passed away. He passed away at the age of 39. 
uh, I guess about 16 years ago, it was in May of eight of May of May of 2006, about 16 years ago. I'm sorry, I passed away in in, eight, in 2006, I believe from like a brain tumor. But yeah, sad that he passed away at such a young age. He was a great football player. Has some 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 great sons. I'm sure a lot of that, a lot of a lot of the athletic pedigree is probably owed to their father. A lot of the the great the great young men that they are is probably a lot of that's probably owed to their mother just because their father passed away so early. But yeah, so I just wanted, to, like I said, shout out some of these Pittsburgh Steelers who have fathers that that played in the NFL. Um. So we're we're moving along. Now we'll just jump to some interesting news of the week in the in the division as far as uh the Steelers news we got Minka Fitzpatrick who signed this signed this contract making him the highest paid safety ever don't know how long that'll last that title will last because the 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 next guy just sets the bar for the next guy and so on so Minka got the got the bag Right now, this week, sometime soon, sometime soon, I'm sure some other safety will set, reset the market and they'll get the bag too. But right now, we I'd, I'd say we have have arguably the best safety in the league, at least the best free safety. Put that with the best edge rusher in T.J. Watt, the all-time sack leader, tied with Michael Strahan, and then pair that with those two with. Probably the number two defensive tackle in football, Cam Hayward. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Aaron Donald still the, the best defensive tackle. Uh but yeah, so we have the second best player's position, the first best player's position, and arguably the first best player this position in T, in TJ White and Minka Fitzpatrick. So, you know, like I said, already expecting big things from this defense. So but that's pretty much the Steeler news this week. Minka's contract, that's the biggest thing that got done this week. Uh, Deshaun Watson for the Browns, jumping to the Browns now. Deshaun Watson was uh, had two more two more women um, get on the lawsuit. So it went from 24 accusers to 26 accusers that are that are charging him in the in the in the civil suit. Not looking good for Deshaun Watson. Um we don't know what's happening happening yet. I feel like the NFL, NFL, Roger Goodell, and the, and the rest of the NFL people that make those decisions are kind of dragging their feet, which is not good for the NFL. I feel like that's kind of kind of bad for the shield, bad bad for the brand. Um, you know, I, I feel like they have to have to do something major with this one. They uh tried to get away with with just suspending Ray Rice, I believe, for two games at the time. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, back when he had his issues, I believe got suspended for four games. Ezekiel Elliott got suspended for a domestic situation at a concert a few years back. I believe he was suspended for six games. And, you know, so these guys having all these different interactions with not, not even necessarily the law, but just bad optics. It's just bad optics to to to, to for, for not even crimes, um, allegations from women and things like that. So, you know, we don't know what happened in any of these cases. None of us were there. But like I said, it's just a bad look, bad optics. I mean, you have 26 
accusers, 26 different women saying this guy did this. That's not good. That's not good. So I feel like the NFL is going to have to come down on Deshaun Watson pretty harshly. Uh, initially, when it was 22, not that that makes a difference, but I was in the realm of four to eight games. But with all this bad publicity, his lawyer saying nothing wrong with a happy ending, and just it just keeps going on and on. The New York New York Post released a story about it, and it's going to be a drip, drip, drip. There's going to be more. The New, the New York Post, the Washington Post, they always do it like that. You know what I mean? Like even, I mean, they get dirt on political officials up at the highest level. I mean, so I'm sure they've done their due diligence and they're investigating Deshaun Watson, and they've they've already put a story out. But I'm sure there there that there will be more to come that I don't know if the Browns and the NFL are ready for. So I think the only answer for the NFL is to suspend this guy for at least one year. I mean, just be like again, he had not guilty of any of any criminal offenses, but the the civil the civil charges. And just the optics for the NFL, not a good look. They need to show that they are tough on these different things now because they went kind of, you know, slap on the hand, kind of light with some of the other previous things. So I think this time they'll go really hard. Now the Browns on the football field talk about some potential trades the Browns may make. So there have been talk about Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. This week, uh, it was early in the week. It was really, really being talked about. I don't know if uh, it's kind of cooled down over the course of the week, but there was talk about Baker going to Seattle, and there's talk about there was talk about Baker going to the Seattle Seahawks. Both teams that are probably in need of a, court, of a quarterback. Carolina Panthers have Sam Darnold. I had somebody tell me, a Browns fan that's that's really into it and keeps up, that he thinks it would be good for the Browns because of the Deshaun Watson situation, and they don't think Baker's going to come back and play in Cleveland, that the Browns trade with Carolina and trade Baker Mayfield for Sam Darnold head up. I mean, they're they're both on their on their fifth year, fifth year uh rookie extension. They both got their fifth year. I believe Sam's was for 20, Baker's was for almost 19. So the money will work and just trade those guys out. I mean, Darnold didn't work in Carolina last year. Baker may can be rejuvenated in Carolina with that, you know, with a with a new, a new, a new place, a new offense. Uh, I don't know that that's a bad idea. I mean, the Browns are going to need a quarterback if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, and Baker's not going to come back and play. So that might not that might not be a bad trade um, unless they want to roll with Jacoby Prochette. But Baker to Carolina for Sam Darnold is a possibility. Now the Seahawks, on the other hand, I think they're just looking to add to their room. They, they would take Baker. The thing is, this holding the Baker deal up is I don't think they want to. Any of the teams want to pay all that money, pay that nineteen million dollars. So they're just trying to <clears throat> play a game of chicken with the Browns. Wait them out, see if they have to cut them. But both these teams probably would trade for them if Cleveland would pay two thirds of that 18 million, 19 million. Say they played, they paid 
six or seven million, I think Cleveland could get that trade done if they really want to do it. But they're holding out. I don't see the benefit in Cleveland holding out, but I don't think Baker is going to come play. Even if Deshaun watches spinning for, for the whole year, I don't think he's going to come play in Cleveland. But uh, Seattle has uh, Geno Smith at quarterback. And when they traded Russell Wilson, they picked up the kid from Denver. Um, what was his name? I can see his face. Yeah, boy, they picked that guy up. Uh, yeah, the, Brown, the Browns have Josh Dobbs too, but Josh Dobbs has has never started the game in the NFL. So that's Richard Stone saying they have Josh Dobbs, and they do. I just don't know how confident they will be going into a season with Josh Dobbs, who's never started a quarterback. Thanks, Richard. Drew Locke. That, man, I get brain freezes all the time when I'm going live on here, man. I know this stuff. I know this stuff. And then when I, when I need to share it, I just get a, a brain freeze. Thanks, man. But, yeah, it what is Drew Locke. So they have Drew Locke, Geno, Geno Smith. If they trade for Baker Mayfield, I'll say Baker Mayfield is the best of that bunch, and he probably is a starter. But, you know, wait and see. I think Cleveland is trying to play it out to see what happens with Deshaun Watson, to at least go up to training camp and see what they get. They can get somebody – gets injured. But the thing about quarterback, Baker wants to be a starter. If you want to be a starter, you need to be somewhere early to learn the playbook, know the players, know the team and all that stuff like that. So I don't think it's benefiting the Browns or Baker to wait. But they got to get a guy in. Unless they're, unless they're rolling with, Jac with Jacoby Brissett, they need to go ahead and make a move themselves. Uh, <laughs> brain freeze with George. Thanks, man. You, leave, you you make me feel all right about myself then, man, because it happens all the time. Dude, I like I like pick up my phone to get ready to look up something and search and get distracted for five seconds and come back and like, what was I what was I getting ready to do? What was I getting ready to search? Uh, and I just completely forget. I'm getting old, man. I go back to the Steelers, Steelers uh players fathers. Let's see. Um I'm like 11 months older than Devin Bush Sr. Uh, Ironhead was older than me by about six or seven years. I'm definitely not old as Johnny Ladner. And 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 uh, Pharrell Edmonds is probably about six or seven years older than me too. But, like, I'm old enough to be a Steelers dad, man. That's probably why I'm forgetting stuff all the time. But, yeah. Let's see. So. Let's see what we can, and I'm I'm here on my on my laptop pulling up the other teams. Let's see what we can talk about. What the what do the Bengals have going on? Um. Wow, there's a a ranking that says the Cincinnati Bengals have the best skill players in the NFL. Uh where is this ranking from? It's from the Athletic. Pretty, pretty credible source, but this, again, that's just opinionated. But the bring the Bengals do have have great skill skill players in the skill positions. When you talk about Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, 
Then Hayden Hurst is going to be their tight end this year. I mean, really, really good. But uh, let's see. Any other Bengal news? Um. Well, that's kind of it. The Bengals, the Bengals were were kind of kind of quiet this week. Their their draft pick Cam Taylor Britt from uh, Nebraska, cornerback. I believe they got him in like the third or fourth round. Say so he's looking real good in camp. Um, Jesse Bates is still holding out, uh, wanting to get. And now he probably wants Mika money. I talked to to Brandon B. Dirt earlier this week. Once Mika got his deal, I said does. Ask him, does Jesse Bates get Minka money? He says no. So maybe they'll keep Jesse Bates franchise tags. He hold out if he holds out, he loses that money. They have some de decent safety depth. They don't pay him, they let him walk. And next year they have all that extra cap space. So I don't know what's gonna happen with that. But it's just interesting. Every team has to make decisions that are best for them. Um Going on to the Baltimore Ravens real quick. Lamar Jackson's contract still is not done. Uh, he's negotiating for himself, him and his mom. I kind of am of the feeling that when it's your first major contract in the NFL, you kind of want a professional to come in and do it. But I mean, I don't know all the all the fine print and all the you know all those different things associated with contracts. I just would want a professional to do it. I get. Wanting to represent yourself, but for that first deal, I think you get, you know, a professional, a real agent to do it. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Lamar Jackson did show up at mandatory mini camps, so he was there for that. John Harbaugh said like he's in great shape, looking forward to the season. Hope we can get a deal done. Blah, 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 blah. You know, so they're just talking to talk right now. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. They say Harbaugh says that J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and tackle Ronnie Stanley all coming back from injury look good. Uh, not rushing them back, but they all should be ready for the season. So let's see how that goes with Baltimore. Ravens wide receiver James. Prochi, the second, says he's developing good chemistry with Lamar Jackson. You know, the Ravers are wide receiver starred. So we'll see how, the, how that goes. But, yeah, now, so that's kind of the Father's Day. We talked about Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to Steelers fathers. Happy Juneteenth kind of explained that. Talked about some recent updates and news to the for the rest of the division. Now let's have a few minutes of Q&A. If you guys have any questions, man, let's go ahead and hear them and see what we can do in the live chat, see what we can talk about for a few minutes. Let's see. Claude Bishop says the Bengals will take a step back. It's the law of averages. Mm, yeah, I, I I don't know that they're – I think they're capable of winning the division. I, a step back, in that sense, I believe, yeah, I believe – they could finish better than they finished last year, ten and seven, and still not win this division this year, because everybody else is is probably just better. Um, 
and then the Bengals aren't going to surprise anybody. I mean, so I could see them going 10 and 7 again. I think they're a good team. I don't know that they're a great team. Uh, you know, they played really good, got hot in the playoffs last year. Sometimes that's all it takes. So I don't know if I call it a step back. They just won't sneak up on people this year and they could they could stand in place, I'd say. But if they're 10 and 7 again, that's the same record as last year, and they made the Super Bowl last year, but that's not taking a step back. That's just, you know, other teams are better in the division and in the conference. So, but yeah, I don't have the Bengals finishing them below 10 and 7. So I wouldn't say that they're taking a step back. I'd say they're just aren't going to sneak up on anybody and people are going to be ready for them this year. Right. And that's what, that's what, is it, is it, if Jenny Crosby said the Bengals only went 10 and 7 last year, that's correct. And the Steelers were 971, but the Bengals, the Bengals stumped us two times. So we we as Steelers fans gotta give it up to them because they did, they kind of beat us down last year both times. You know. Um GT George Tesson. I don't see them in the Super Bowl. Definitely not, George. I think you're absolutely right. You might not see them in the playoffs as tough as it's gonna be to get in. I mean, as, as huge a Steelers fan as I am. We might not see the Steelers in the playoffs. I mean, if we're being realistic fans, I mean, I hope they can just grind out the Steelers I'm talking about, grind out a win each week, take it game by game. Each game is going to be its own different battle, and you guess you just got to approach it like that. I mean, we got some tough teams on our schedule. We got some games that we should win on our schedule, but you can't, you can't look ahead, and when the game is over, you can't look back. You just got to take it week by week. And try and just grind it out. That's what it's going to take from the Steeler team this year. We don't know if we're going to score 30 points in a game. We don't know if we're capable of scoring 30 points. We'll see when the offense gets out there. We know what the defense is capable of probably being great. So we need them to be great. Uh Danny Smith getting the special teams together. It's going to be, it's going to be complimentary football that's going to win games for the Steelers this year if we're going to win games. So we need all three phases of the game to go on our way and each each phase to pick up the, the other the other one so we can have a hopefully a good season. Um let's see. Evan, I don't think the Steelers will be last in the division. I would agree with you. I don't think they'll be last. Um but who knows where where they'll finish between third and first. I don't if I was saying who'd be last right now just because of the the turmoil that's going on there and all the, you know, the uh, complications with the quarterback position, a lot of new players, a lot of talent, but a lot of new players and the complications with the quarterback position in Cleveland. I probably got them finishing last right now. Uh, if you if you look in the bet in Vegas, you can't you can't you can't bet anything on the Browns in Vegas right now because they they removed the line last I checked. Because they don't not there's no answers at the quarterback position. So, you know, they uh I believe opening out when they when everything they thought Deshaun Watson was gonna at least play the majority of the season, the over-under for Cleveland was nine point five. And for the Steelers is seven point five. So, but both in both situations, the nine point five was because Deshaun Watson was coming. Now that they've taken it off, taken it off the off the board. 
it's because they don't know who's going to be quarterback. And the Steelers were set at 7.5 because of the questions at our quarterback position. So, you know, it's kind of one in the same. We'll see what happens. I'm really excited for training camp to come around. Um, still looking in the live chat. Let's see. <clears throat> wow, that's a good question, Claude. Should the Steelers pass the ball more than expected with the weapons they have in wideout? I think there's a balance to that. Um, I think we want to get back to running the ball, keeping the defense rested. But I think they have to take big shots off play action when those – when those are available, if teams are playing eight in the box, trying to stuff the run, because I think Najee's gonna have a big year, then yeah, you gotta you gotta trust the quarterback, whoever the starter is, to uh to make some throws, get some big plays. We do have a lot of weapons. I mean, we're talking about Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Calvin Austin Jr., uh, Friermuth, Najee Harris. I think Cam Hayward, Connor Hayward, I mean, is going to be a, a, a low-key secret weapon. And, you know, I'm not – the receiver room, I'm not sure about. I named the top four. I believe two more spots are left. I don't know who, who went out. Miles Boykin, Cody White, Anthony Miller. Or Gunner. Um, but yeah, so what's Tomlin's thing? That's four dogs fighting for two bones in that in that instance. So we'll we'll see what happens. Trade Mason Rudolph to Ukraine. I'm not familiar with Ukraine's football team, but that's funny. Uh yeah, I, I'm not. You know, now I don't want Mason to be the starting quarterback, but I think Mason gets gets a lot of rough flack from Steeler Nation and just from the from the national media in general. I mean, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback, but I think Mason Rudolph is a solid backup quarterback that can come in for two or three weeks and win you some games. Um, he's probably better than half the backup quarterbacks in the NFL. So, I mean, he does have some trade value, but, I mean, I don't see the Steelers getting better in a six-round pick for if they decide to trade him sometime coming before camp or right into camp for a team that needs a quarterback. But we'll see what happens. Um, okay, good point, George. They don't get someone to back up Najee. They may need to pass more to give him a rest. I mean – I'm not opposed to the passing game. I mean, I think if the offensive line can protect, I believe in Trubisky and Pickett. I mean, because the weapons, they just need to to facilitate like a point guard in, in basketball and hit the open man. You don't have to – every throw doesn't have to be 25 yards downfield. Take what the defense gives you. Move in the pocket if the rush comes, if the lineman lets the rush in a little bit. We have – quarterbacks that can at least move a little bit and throw, you know, off platform outside the pocket. That'll be a benefit to the offense and the O-line. But yeah, so we'll we'll see how it plays out. 
claw bitch. Mason's always played scared. I don't disagree. Um, I under, I think I understand the fear factor. I mean, you can't be fearful in football, but man, dude got smashed by Earl Thomas. Man, hit right in the grill, and that can make anybody apprehensive when you're dropping back to throw a pass again. I mean, like, where's that next shot coming from? And then later in the same year, he get hits in the in the face with his own helmet by Miles Garrett. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's back there with happy feet and nervous, and I think that's one of his bigger problems. But again, we'll see how training camp plays out and what's going on. Uh, Evan, I want to see what Kenny Pickett can do. To be honest, I'm not against Kenny Pickett if he if he wins it. Uh, if him and Mitchell Trubisky are 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 the same or equal, then I think you go with Pickett. But if Mitch is a little better in camp, and we'll, that that's to be to be determined, I think you go with Kenny Pickett. I mean, you think you go with Mitchell Trubisky. But we'll see. That's all the talk is all about the Steelers quarterback situation. I mean, so it's coming soon. We're well, we are June nineteenth today. We got about a month and a week, and training camp starts, and then it'll we'll get down to the nitty gritty and see what's really going on with this, with all these competitions, but especially the QB competition. Uh, Richard Stone, I think Connor Hayward can trial for RB2. Wow. I mean, I don't know that he – at running back, I don't know that he'd be much better than Benny, Smell, Benny Snell. I know Michigan State, he was their short yardage back. He played the short yardage halfback. He played uh, fullback sometimes and played tight end. So he's real versatile. I mean, he's certainly – in age's back. He's that mix between a tight end, a halfback, and a fullback, and he can catch the ball. And so there's a lot you can do with him. But I don't know if he's just a legit RB2. I don't think he's that. I mean, I think at far as at running back two, I think uh, Benny Snell, I'm not saying great things about Benny, but I think he's better at running back than Connor Hayward would be. I think Anthony McFarland and Mateo Durant are all would all be better running back options than Connor Hayward, but doesn't mean Connor Hayward can't run the ball uh, on a short yardage fullback dive. Doesn't mean he can't line up in the backfield to pass protect and and you know and sneak out for for a little short pass or something like that. He has that kind of potential, but you're not just going to hand him the ball off in. 2022 in the NFL, expecting to be a viable option at running back. I feel like he'd be a sitting duck with his, you know, speed coming from the running back position. Um, let's see. A mobile QB will be the difference. Ben was slow and couldn't move. I don't disagree, Claude. We'll, we'll be a lot better with the quarterback that can that can move. Uh, why the hate for Benny Snell? <laughs> um, what did Lance Williams used to be on here? He used to call Benny Snell, Benny, Benny, no jets. Thought that was funny back in the day. But yeah, Benny, it's been around for a while. He's never had a couple good games at running back. A couple really good games. Uh, think about that opener against the Giants in 2019. Or no, that, yeah, no, that was 2020, 2020. Ben's first game back from from the injury and 
He came in and saved the game. Connor, James Connor got hurt per usual when he was a Steeler. Leaves the Steelers and becomes a Pro Bowler last year. He was a Pro Bowler once with the Steelers too. But yeah, but Benny's a great special teams player. Uh, Heard he kind of slimmed down a little bit. His body looks different this year. So we'll see what he brings to camp. But I think he makes the team, even if he's not the second running back, he's RB3, but he's such a valuable special teams player. We may need to sign another veteran running back. Um, I like the change of pace that Anthony McFarlane offers in theory. He hasn't been able to get on the field and display that yet. But in theory, I like what he brings to the table. I was at the game where he rushed for over 290 yards against Ohio State. Uh, that was in 2018, November 2018. Ohio State ended up winning 52-51. Uh, but, yeah, McFarland had almost 300 yards, like four or five touchdowns. And rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins brought Ohio State back. That was a great game. I was uh, at the time with was with my um, my my work. We had a box for that at, at the at the Maryland games, and you know I went to that game because I'm Ohio State fan. It was that was a great game to go to and see. But yeah, if McFarland can demonstrate some of that, I really like him. I like what I see in Mateo Durant. I mean, he played in the ACC, not the strongest of Power Five conferences. I think he's a good, fluid, smooth running back. Um, not like the beast that Najee is, but he could be a good change of pace guy. So, I mean, I want them to bring in somebody, a veteran, see what just just to compete, and then see what these other other guys can do. Benny Snell is definitely RB three, if not RB two. Don't keep three. So it's a battle for one more running back position. We'll see what happens. Um, let's see. Bobby Johnson jumping in saying he doesn't trust Canada. I don't think we know what Canada can do yet, Bobby Johnson. I mean, and are you OG Bobby Johnson? I don't know if you've ever seen the movie South Central. Uh, the main character now, he's, he's an actor. Um, Forgot the actor's name, but his character's name was OG Bobby Johnson. I mean, he's he's a he's if you watch those kind of those kind of movies, those kind of um you know Boys in the Hood. This was this movie was South Central. If you watch watch like Boys in the Hood and and Juice and those different kind of movies from that time period, uh, OG Bobby Johnson in the movie South Central, great character. Um, but yeah. Canada, I don't think we know what Canada can do. Matt Canada was quarterback coach last year. He was OC, but was it his offense? Was it Ben's offense? There's a lot they didn't do because I look back at tape from when Matt Canada was at Pitt, I believe it was 2016, and they had that, that a decent season and they upset Clemson. I mean, it was a lot of stuff those offenses did that Pittsburgh didn't do last year. And I think they didn't do it maybe because Ben didn't want to do it or because Ben couldn't do it because, you know, requires a certain level of mobility and, and rolling out the pocket and, you know, and long and long stretch draws and stuff like that. Lots of motion from the receivers and backs and even some of the, the tackle movement. I mean, so I don't think we got a full snapshot of Matt Kenneth's offense. So I'm really expecting a lot, a lot of a lot of different change. I think we'll see a lot of things different that we haven't seen that we haven't haven't saw yet. 
Claude. McFarland is too soft. That's that's tough to call a man soft, man. I mean, he gets he's been hurt. I don't know that he's soft. I, that that's kind of like that's that's tough. I won't call I won't call him soft. I mean, I I hesitate to try and use that word. I've called some jokers soft myself before, but I try and hesitate to to use the word soft and talk about professional football players and we talk about NFL players. I think McFarland has just been injured. And he hasn't had opportunity to be on the field. So we'll definitely see what happens uh, coming in the future. Let's see. We're about ready to get out of here. Okay. I get you, Claude. I know. That's why I said I hesitate to call. You say no disrespect. I get it. I hesitate to use the word soft. Often injured, not soft. Oft injured. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. What's this one? Okay, blame Ben for everything. So that means he has the players to implement his offense right now, right? He does. He does. I mean, Pittsburgh had, was it seven draft picks? They used five on offense. So he has his players. He got the he got the, the number one quarterback in free agency. He got the number one quarterback in the draft. He got argu arguably, a, in, if he wasn't injured, arguably a top five receiver in pickings. Uh, Calvin Austin was a steal. Cam Hayward, Connor Hayward, I'm sorry, is a secret weapon. Um, yeah, so he got a lot, a lot of weapons. People always say, well, did the Steelers do enough for the offensive line? We brought in Mason Cole. We brought in James Daniel. And I think what people miss is the development that we're expecting to happen for guys like Dotson to come back healthy, for guys like Dan Moore, another year, the development. Chooks is going to develop to get even better. And people are complaining about his contract. His contract's not bad because there's not a lot of guarantees in there. It's like a get paid this year. Probably eight or nine million, and you prove it if you if we want to extend the rest of the pay you the rest of the contract. I mean, so it's in place, and Chooks can all those guys can develop. I mean, so we brought in two two really solid guys, and the other guys were counting on developing a year a year you know another year in the books of experience. So you know you have you have to factor that in the equation. We're talking about did the line do enough? to uh, improve itself. You got to talk about that potential development in those guys that are there another year of experience and getting better. Um, play action pass is definitely in the Steelers' future. We had to get that run game going. And I think we can run the ball to set up the pass. And if we need to, to pass the ball to set up the run. I mean, those are the two options. I think that's what Canada's offense is going to bring with all the distractions and the motions and the, you know, just all, all, all that, all that different stuff. I mean, you know, kind of puts me in mind of a, the offense that you see, like uh, Kyle Shanahan running in San Francisco. And to some extent, uh, the Rams, Sean McVay with the Rams, just, you know, one of those kind of offenses. So we'll definitely see what happens. Okay, two more, then we're going to get out of here if there's anything. Uh, 
You guys are talking to each other. Claus says, pay Boswell because he's our best scorer in the last two years. I think you have to play pay Boswell just because he's the probably top two kicker in the league. The only kicker I put above him is I like uh, Justin Tucker for the Ravens. He's been solid for a lot of years. And I like the guy uh, plays for the Raiders. Played college at Auburn. I can't remember his name now. But yeah, he's a he's he's a really, really good kicker. Um, so yeah, so we'll see what happens. So we're gonna get ready to get out of here. Um I'm pulling this up just so I can remind myself. If Steelers can run the ball, the offense will do fine. The defense will be a huge factor in how good the Steelers are. I agree, Brian Brown. The offense can run the ball and move the ball, keep the defense fresh. Every time the defense comes on the field, they're rested and ready to go. Again, it's that complimentary football. It's their formula to a winning football, winning football game. Hey, 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 Owen, Frisberg. Hey, man, put your um, put your email. In the live chat, if you can now, so you're still here, so I can get it, and I'll definitely email you, and we'll exchange information, man. So go ahead and do that. And oh uh, yeah, that that that's thanks, Brisberg. Daniel Carlson, and he has a brother. He played at Clemson. And his, I mean, played at Auburn. His brother plays at Auburn now. So yeah, I think those guys are the top three kickers in the league. Tuck, Tucker one, Boswell two, Carlson three. Just my opinion, but so yeah, I think you have to definitely extend Boswell. I think he's 31, not old for a kicker at all. He probably has another six or seven years left. So go ahead and if you can sign him to a five-year extension at a reasonable price at the top of the top of the kicker market now, it'll be a deal down the line. That's where I'm at. So, okay, guys, well, we're going to get out of here again. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Happy Juneteenth. Thanks for spending your, what, 52 minutes with me on a Sunday afternoon. And uh like to just say, check out all, this, all the different podcasts on the BTSC network, both YouTube and the audio platforms. There's something new every day. Check them out. Lots of great stuff if you're if you're a true Steeler fan and want to keep up, um, and you can check me out here every Sunday on We Run the North, and check out our podcast, the Know It All podcast. Uh, we're going a little later tonight because my co-hosts on there, both uh, Mod and Big G, doing Father's Day stuff. So we're going on nine o'clock this evening. So I get to get off here and kind of just chill out for a little bit until then. But yeah. Thank you guys for joining. And like I said, hey, Owen, email, buddy. You guys have a good one. Here we go, Steelers. See you next week. Peace. <laughs>